0: Well, David, we are into December, a month marked by the thoughtful giving of gifts.
1: In this visit, Karen, we want to explore a different kind of gift, a thoughtful one. It's possible you've never given anyone before. Hmm.
2: Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author, Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines.
0: Looking back on your life, David, can you come up with the time when someone encouraged you in a way that you would absolutely have missed, hadn't even thought about until that special person said something about this?
1: Instantly, a person comes to mind.
0: Okay, well, who would that be? Now, what, what we're it? doing right now is an exercise we've done to get ready for this podcast, and we're recommending that everyone who listens to it does the same exercise. So go ahead. Who was that person?
1: A teacher okay. in high school. I was in a school, there were three grades in our high school, and there were about 800 students. I know those are pretty accurate figures. And I was one of those 800, and I never really thought that much about who I was or what I was doing. I was a junior, okay. and... And this teacher, Mr. Perino, he was the most popular teacher on campus. There's no question. He called me into his office and he said... I'd like to talk to you about something. He said, you know, Al, and he gave his last name. Another student. Yes, is going to be running for student body president. I think you could beat him. He said, I wonder if you've thought at all about running. I had never, ever (laughs) considered (laughs) such a thing. It, It was, I mean, I was pretty much nondescript. I had my interest areas. And he said, in fact, I think you'd beat him quite handily. I was absolutely dumbstruck. It was like coming totally out of the blue. I took him seriously. I thought about it, and he asked me later, and I said, "I think I'll do it." And he said, "Good. I'm glad that you've been open to that." And by golly, I won in a landslide. <laughs> I, I it was amazed. But <laughs> apart from that, in fact, I didn't even have a campaign person. You know, did you, did you have a committee? I, I made my own posters. You, <laughs> I did everything. Did
0: your parents even know this was happening? I doubt
1: that they even. Oh
0: know. my goodness, mm-hmm. David!
1: Yeah. That totally changed my life. I began to think different thoughts. I had one period a day they gave me as a time to meet with the other student officers.
0: This was after you won the election? Yeah. Okay.
1: My whole senior year, I had one period a day just to work on student council matters. Oh, my goodness. I met people I never would have met before. I thought in terms of organization, you know, uh, it was amazing to me. And then I look back and I think, dear Dan Perino, he changed my life. Yeah. Isn't that something?
0: Well, and I think that's the moment that teachers live for it too. Sometimes maybe they don't always know the impact of their efforts.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have a teacher like that? I do.
0: I was in junior high. I can't remember if I was. That's even
1: younger yet. Seventh or
0: eighth grade. And my mother was a published writer, so she always encouraged me. I I joke and say my mother never said, Karen, how are you? She would ask me what I was writing. I mean, this was even very young. But those are your parents. You know, they always, mine were always extremely affirming and supportive. But this junior high teacher, I had done an, we had all done an assignment in class that was, I don't even know what it was on, I think she was a social studies teacher. I don't even remember her name, I can remember what she looked like, she had gray hair and glasses. And she called me up after class, and she said, Karen, I just want to say something to you, and she had handed me back my paper with a very good grade on it, an A or an A+. Plus. And she said, you're the kind of person who is never going to be happy unless you keep writing.
1: Wow, that Isn't that
0: extraordinary? Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. how do you even see that in the junior eyes writing it? You know it must have been different enough from the rest of what the other students were turning in. And I suppose I'd done other pieces for her. So it wasn't just that one piece I'd turned in, but I remember it and I never forgot it. I never forgot it. It was just one of those words, fitly spoken, that changed my trajectory. Now, I might have gone on and written anyway because my mother was very encouraging that way. But having it come from an outside source, it was pretty significant for me. So, again, another teacher story from our lives. And I think if we would go back into a lot of people's lives, you would find that there were significant adults, a teacher like that as well.
1: Let's see if we can get away from teachers. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking of another Individual. He was an advertising executive. I was in my first pastorate. We were in the inner city of Chicago. He was from New York. Yeah, he came to Chicago every so often. Actually, he was a vice president at Saatchi and Saatchi, which at the time was the second largest advertising firm in the country, country. maybe the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I remember he pointed out ads I had seen on television that uh-huh. he had done. Uh-huh. And he would come to the church when he was in Chicago and kind of come up afterward and stand around and then talk. And- well,
0: let's paint a picture of it. We met in a Teamsters Union Hall. The average age of the congregation was 28 years of age, eventually grew to the size of 500 people, probably in the year, year uh-huh. and a half. Our goal was to renovate or renew the worship form of the church and then to make the emphasis the lay people and to be interracial. So there was a buzz about what we were doing that yeah. existed in our little mm-hmm. area of the church world.
1: Yeah, but I had never had somebody who was a vice president of as Sachin, 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 Who would stand around after 20 years
0: older than you were, maybe 15 years older. And,
1: and he would say, that was amazing what you did. Yeah. He said, in fact, I don't know anybody in my team of creative people who does the kind of thinking that you do. And then he started to help us in terms of our lives. Mm-hmm. He would say, you need to fly to New York and come. Come and visit us. And
0: yeah, and we'll show you the city. Bring your kids along because I've got, you know, he had high schoolers and college students, young college students in his family. And they'll do the babysitting and, and you and Karen and his wife, Charlene, and I will go do the city. And my goodness, David. I mean, that went on for decades.
1: At least a decade. Yeah. And he had all kinds of complimentary tickets. He would take us to theater. Because he was at Sachi mm-hmm. and Saatchi,
0: so people wanted, mm-hmm. you know, those top execs to attend their theater performances. Mm-hmm. We saw Jason Robards and Colleen Dewhurst in A Moon from This <laughs> yeah. in New York City.
1: Uh, he, he picked us up at the plane, whipped <laughs> us into the city, plumped us right down in those good seats which he had. And-
0: Meryl Streep in her young career. They were doing Shakespeare In in Central Park,
1: yes, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't
0: have known about that, and so Mm -hmm. we get you know to go with the Mm -hmm. with the Dunkertons to all these extraordinary events.
1: And he did that continually. In fact, he was the reason why you were invited to be on the intervarsity board, right? And then he still wasn't finished with us (laughs) because he was saying, "Karen, you have leadership skills beyond what you understand, right?" And it was because of Tom. Mm -hmm. My name
0: was submitted because of Tom Dunkerton mm -hmm. to be on the. InterVarsity, which is an international student movement, Mm -hmm. on their board, and I had never done any kind of really significant board work before. Mm -hmm. So it was a big risk for him to bring me in. He just thought that I would function well that way, and they needed women. Mm -hmm. They also needed verbal women, because at that time, women who were sitting with a group of what we'll call them corporate princes—good people, but very you know high up in their organizations—in uh-huh. the they just shut up at that. Those women would just shut up at the board table. They were so intimidated by it, or not used to speaking out. Uh-huh. So that was, I think, my main qualification—that I was not
1: afraid to do that.
0: But it was just an introduction to another world. I, and I because
1: never, of Tom, you were the one who eventually became—I became, I became the chair of the board, of the, board. the first mm-hmm. woman
0: chair of that board—and he would coach me after every meeting you don't not talking loud enough to the table some of those old guys can't hear so well. <laughs> or whatever. I mean, there's coaching in the hallway. I just read something by Melinda Gates, the secretary of the treasury at that time. It's not, this person is not named. So whoever was the secretary of the U.S. treasury at that time took her on as a mentoree. And he would go around saying, this is Melinda Gates. She is a rock star on and on and on to the point that it just embarrassed her to death. So she said to this man, don't do that anymore. I can't stand it. And he said to Melinda, this is how it works.
1: Interesting. You Isn't have a mentor,
0: who, um, and particularly a male mentor, and studies have shown that male mentors are actually more valuable than female mentors because they're being credited for uh, encouraging diversity rather than a woman mentor who is just sort of doing her feminist thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not really true, but that's the way it's perceived. So that's what Tom became, and this was 20, 30 years ago. I don't even remember how far back it was. Not only was he a mentor, he was a great friend, and I teased him to death. And he would hump around. But we would also do this at the board table. And yet we demonstrated out of that relationship how much we cared for one another and how people who were distinctly different, I mean totally different personalities, could function as a team. And one of the cute stories I have is we would do executive evaluations. I'd never done an executive evaluation. I mean, what did I know about that? But he had done many. So we would, as a team, do an executive valuation with the top InterVarsity staff. And then he'd brag on me afterwards. He'd say, yeah, yeah. I ask a question and they answer it. She asks a question totally off the wall and next thing I got a guy sitting there all teared up. And the funny thing about that story is he couldn't read his own handwriting, but I could.
1: Isn't funny? <laughs> yeah, he had terrible handwriting. terrible
0: handwriting. So that's a picture of mentoring. That's a picture mm-hmm. of speaking words into someone's life saying, you are much more capable than you even know. You're really good at this. These words of encouragement. And that's what we're asking people to do today.
1: Yeah, I have many such people who have come to mind. I'm thinking of an individual. I didn't meet him until after I'd actually gotten into radio. Mm-hmm. I'd spoken at a rally out east and had the privilege of staying with this gentleman and his wife in their home and a friendship form. But that friendship opened up so many doors to me. In fact, in my mind, the reason we're able to podcast right now is because a dean I pretty much had dropped out of communication. Out of Uh, the media communication. So felt my ministry was over in many ways. And Dean, like he's done so many times in my life, he said, you know what? I believe you have something that you still want to be saying, Uh and you have a message from the Lord. Uh Have you thought about podcasting? That was like asking me if I thought about Chinese cooking or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am terrible in those areas but he then said I'll help you mm-hmm. and he did and by golly now we're podcasting mm-hmm. and he continues to help in such a way that is absolutely amazing to me because he believes in me in ways that I don't even believe in me mm-hmm. and Thank the Lord for such people. Uh You know, they come into our lives. It's absolutely stunning. Let's put into a sentence what it is we're talking about, okay?
0: Well, what we're saying is this. Many of us need to practice the unique skill of encouraging others to be more than they themselves thought possible.
1: Okay, I'm going to say it again. Many of us need to practice the unique skill of encouraging others to be more than they thought possible. Mm -hmm. I thought, is there anywhere in Scripture where I can find out where this is being taught? And I didn't find where it's being taught as much as where it's being modeled. This is from the book of Acts. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas... And then it's in parentheses, which means son of encouragement. So it was kind of a nickname. So Joseph, they didn't even call him Joseph. They called him Barnabas, which means the guy who comes and encourages us. It's
0: an extraordinary moniker, isn't it? Yeah, it
1: really is. And the scriptures show how he did this. In Acts chapter 11, it talks about the gospel spreading because of the persecution in Jerusalem and up in areas like Antioch. So when the news of what was happening in Antioch came to Jerusalem, they sent who? Barnabas. Uh There to find out what was going on When he arrived He saw the evidence of the grace of God And he was glad And encouraged them All to remain true to the Lord With all their hearts So he's keeping true to his nickname He was a good man Full of the Holy Spirit and faith And great numbers of people Were brought to the Lord Then this next verse Then Barnabas went to Tarsus To look for Saul And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch, which is where they were. So Barnabas is the encourager, and he sees this new convert. Body. New and
0: gifted convert, Not, but someone's perhaps a little unfinished, I'm guessing, or a little raw in certain areas. And he or, takes yeah. him and
1: for a period of time, I would say mentors him, yeah. or encourages him to be all that God has put in his heart to be, wow. which is a very important thing. And then there's famine down in Jerusalem. So in Antioch, they take a special offering, and they sent the mm. offering, with Barnabas and Saul to Jerusalem. And then lo and behold, later on, when God says, I pick certain people for a special ministry, says, set aside Barnabas and Paul, and they go on the first missionary journey.
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Now, there's a breach between them that comes. Mark, who is a relative of Barnabas's, had left them, deserted the first thing. And, and he, was on the young, second,
0: he was a young man, unformed, this, I'm you know, thinking, yeah. And
1: became quite a person, one of the authors of the four Gospels. Yeah. Barnabas says, let's take Mark. Let's give him another go at it. Paul Paul's not going
0: to have any of that. <laughs> you can see the distinction between the two personalities, yeah. right, in that incident. Yeah. So
1: they break up. And- so Barnabas,
0: the encourager, sees capabilities and gifts in this young man who's disappointed them. And he chooses to go along in a mentoring elder yeah, and, adult relationship yeah, with him. And
1: Barnabas and Mark go to Cyprus. And Paul takes a new partner, Silas, and then he goes on with his missionaries. <laughs> But here is this Barnabas guy who has this incredible ministry of encouragement to others. Helps them to be more than they would want them to be.
0: And I think those people do see those realities in folk who don't see those gifts in themselves. I mean, they have a gift, isn't it? That's what the gift of encouragement is. It's not just saying nice things. It's saying this person has possibilities.
1: And going the extra mile in so many different ways. They're unusual people. Some people are just amazingly skilled at this. I'm thinking, Karen, in your early days of another Individual, Marlene. Yes. Marlene, she was huge she was in a, terms of you becoming the writer. Yeah,
0: Marlene attended our church plant in Chicago. She wasn't married at the time, but she worked for a, a curriculum house and she just identified my gifts and gave me all kinds of writing assignments. Now, we were a young couple who planted a church and sometimes we had to wait for two weeks for our paychecks and we were not overpaid by any stretch of the imagination. So we needed that extra money and uh, had four kids. We had taking people into our home to live with us. So I basically will confess that I did the work for the money. <laughs> but the <laughs> assignments she gave me, because she could see in me the capability of doing creative writing, were just They were adorable. They were were for high schoolers. I just found my file with all of the things I had written for her. And they they were wonderful, wonderful creative assignments. So I was able to use my imaginative capabilities, which I probably wouldn't have found another place to use, in a way that was extraordinarily satisfactory to me as a creative person. I also got paid for it, so she professionalized my capability. I'm I'm not sure I would have thought about myself as a writer. She talked
1: to us, Karen, in in another area. She said would like to do a video series. Oh, that's right. Remember that? Right.
0: What makes a Christian family Christian?
1: Yeah. Wasn't that That, what it was? It was the first thing we ever did in video. I remember I had never thought I would do that because I thought I'm not a movie star. Well, (laughs) you're handsome
0: as far as I'm concerned and always have been, but 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 in your own eyes, right? Thank you. Say that again. (laughs) After we're done.
1: (laughs) To do a series and, and bring camera people in. Yeah. I remember talking when someone said, you know, I'm very self-conscious. I should lose weight. Marlene wasn't deterred by anything. She yeah. just said, you know, I, I got it all set. The company's going to do it. And uh, and then you
0: just have to take instructions. Yeah. yeah you're perfectly capable of doing this. You speak yeah. all the time. You're a wonderful communicator. You know, don't worry about the technology of it. We'll take
1: care of that. Yeah. That was the feeling of yeah. these people. We will get you there. Yes, right. And you they know, did. Yeah. They did. It was a nice
0: little series. David, there's one verse I found. I have a book that I've done, Medicine for Mouth Disease, and I took all the verses out from Proverbs and made a 30-day meditation in the, mm-hmm. in the end. But there's this prayer that I wrote for chapter 27 of the book of Proverbs. It's, Oh, Lord, help me to hear what people say and to say what they need to hear.
1: Oh, that's nice. So yeah. we
0: can mm-hmm. think of that as corrective, you know, say that you need to shape up here. But I think, really, it, it's much more inclined to be speak those words of life, speak the words of life, identify a giftedness in someone who is not seeing their capability. Ability themselves. Say, you know, you really would be good at this. You could be much more than you know. I have, think you have can
1: have you ever considered yes the following. I
0: think you could develop this gift. You know, mm-hmm. I see a latent gift. Now that's just as extraordinary as far as its impact in people. Even when they say, ah oh, no, I don't I don't think, you know, they'll squirm around and deny it. But they'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Because those words have such extraordinary power.
1: Mm-hmm. So we are asking people in this month of gift giving <laughs> to consider a gift that they really haven't thought about that much before. and I'm going to be doing this. We have one donor who has supported us for decades mm-hmm. and she decided she would write a book. Mm-hmm. That's an intimidating thing. Mm-hmm. And I encouraged her in it and when she wrote the book, she sent me a copy and I said to her, you know you're better than you think. Yeah, guess what? She's written two more books (laughs) since then. (laughs) Now, see, she has self-published. There's no shame in that at all these days. But Karen, they're good. And when this third book was sent to me, and I'm two-thirds of the way through the book, it's more testimonial of of lessons she has learned Mm -hmm. in the course of her life. I thought to myself, I'm so glad that I said to her, you know, yeah, go ahead and do this. You're, You're doing fine. So we're starting December. Mm -hmm. People have their list of individuals for whom they're going to give gifts. And I know everyone is not going to be able to do this, but some people are in a position where I would like them to say, okay, who are you going to reveal to me through your Spirit, Lord? A gift that I can give them, which is a verbal affirmation. And I'll do it this December, if possible. If not, you know, wait until January. But I'm going to at least allow myself to be aware that my words could be very important to someone. And I can play a part in lives that will continue on beyond my life. And I'm going to say, Lord, kind of guide me in this. And help me to be sensitive. Help me to be a Barnabas. And to encourage them for the sake of the kingdom, and also for the sake of just the great satisfaction it gives me, to be able to play such a significant part in someone's life Help me to say the words, not to push them, just to kind of plant those seeds in people. And to uh, kind of have that sense of the Holy Spirit saying to me, Hey, you're like Barnabas. Good for you.
0: (laughs) Okay? So what we're saying today, and and so I'm saying to the listeners, Are you listening? Are you really listening? Because we're saying this to you. Many of us need to practice the unique skill of encouraging others to be more than what they
2: thought possible. You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address, hosts at beforewego.show. That's all lowercase letters, hosts at beforewego.show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois 60187.